You're listening to Authentically Me, a podcast dedicated to activating the magic that is within us all through the power of authenticity, sharing, and transmuting with love. Here, you will find real-life experiences shared through the lens of everything is always serving. We are led through this journey by your host, Serena Rose. Serena is a ceremonialist who believes our life is just one big ceremony for our soul. Connect to your soul and enjoy the ceremony. Hello, authentically me beauties. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For those of you who do not know, I'm a married woman now. (laughs) It's true. I would love to receive your love and support. If you wish to do something to honor me, my show, and this medicine, Um, Please take a moment to share this link with a friend or a family member whom you think could receive and or take 15 seconds of your time to hop on the Instagram and record a little story (laughs) um, capturing the show and perhaps your beautiful face, or you can do a screen recording of just the show if you're feeling a little shy. Um, I am joined today with my beloved husband making a first-time appearance on the show as hubby and wife. Hello, husband. Uh, Hello, wife. Thank you for bringing me on to your show. I feel so received and honored. Mm. For those of you who do not know David, um, David, would you like to just take a moment and tell my listeners a little bit about yourself so they have an idea of who you are? Hmm. Other than my amazing beloved partner. (laughs) Um, I'm a native of the Baltimore area. Uh, I've taught for my professional life, elementary school students. I've traveled to India to learn yoga. I'm a big believer in meditation and I am unbelievably grateful to learn from and with Serena. Mm, Thank you, babe. So, We're here today, maybe you saw the title, it's called Post-Wedding Chat, because the experience of us getting married was just that. It was quite the experience. It wasn't just a wedding, it was a retreat. And many of our guests have bounced back and forth between those words saying like, oh, you know, your wedding, I mean, retreat or wedding or retreat. And so we've received a lot of feedback that the experience was life changing and it sure as hell was life changing for us. Um, so we wanted to come on today and 
share about this journey. Um, the last episode that we recorded, episode 42, it's called Authentic Love Transmissions with my hubby. And that episode, we talked about our journey to love, to authentic love, finding each other and experiencing each other. And so today we're going to dive into specifically the ceremony, the union, and the experience that brought us together as husband and wife. Um, so I'm going to move through some questions in part put together from our guests and beloved friends and in part put together by David and I. And we are going to have some back and forth chats. We're both going to move through and answer the questions. And if any questions arise through listening, please feel free to contact me. My information is in the show notes below. I'd love to hear from you and continue to share authentically about my journey with love, dating, relationships, marriage, X, Y, and Z, all of the above. So um, with that being said, David, would you describe the wedding slash retreat experience? for our listeners. Hmm. Our wedding started off as a way to connect with each other and with other people in meaningful ways. So we rented out a large farm, held men and women's retreats, circles, we had a bachelor bachelorette party together. We had our wedding itself with live musicians and catered food. And then we had an Easter brunch and a ritual at the end of it to symbolize the fusion of our lives and souls. Mm, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm just tuning in as I honestly just I'm looking for a different way to describe the wedding and retreats other than the way that you chose to describe it. And so what comes up first and foremost is at the end of the experience, um, well, Sunday afternoon, rather. One of our friends took a short video asking each person that was still there to talk about their experience. And literally every single person spoke of deep gratitude and community and how beautiful it was for us to turn the union of our love into the union and love of a community of just a family. And so the best way that I could describe our wedding slash retreat experience was a love based Mm. communion of not just us, but of others. 
Thank you. Do you mind if I add? I, I stopped talking so that I could feel you desiring to add. So yes, please. Um, yeah, I felt what you meant. It felt like my description was a little sterile. Um, I wasn't judging. Well, uh, no, looking back, it was. So I, I suppose to step more into what you're doing, I would also describe our our wedding retreat as an as a loving expansion into intimacy, a celebration of love and communion. Mm. Yes. Thank you, baby. Were you self-judging there? Um, I suppose we're always self-judging, maybe a little bit. Mm. I felt I felt that that answer didn't capture the juice juice of what you were looking for. Well, I don't have any preconceived notions to these questions. I am just excited to share our journey with those who desire to listen and be a part of it. And... Um, yeah, I wouldn't describe anything you say necessarily as sterile. Mm. You're very poetic and authentic mm. and vulnerable, and I trust this process indubitably. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, and I know you trust me. Um, there's just something that feels sterile about describing something. Mm. Um, and so... Once I stepped out of that limiting container for description, I really could go more into how it felt to be a part of it. Mm. Well, you know, it's so interesting that you talk about that because I remember the other day in the car, you specifically mentioning your desire to touch on this particular topic of how regimented you have felt that others desire you to be when you describe the wedding experience mm. you know when someone for example says hey how was your wedding mm -hmm. you know there's only a certain amount of time that a person is willing <laughs> it seems as if there's only a certain amount of time a person is willing to commit to listening to <laughs> the answer and they just want to hear that it went well mm -hmm. and you're happy and you know, there's this very sterile, regimented way that we're to answer questions like, hi, how are you? Mm. And how was your wedding? Wow. And, you know, I was in the wedding industry for over a decade as a hair and makeup artist. And part of why I personally wanted to do something so unique for our communion was because I saw just how sterile and regimented it can be mm -hmm. not saying every experience that I had was that way, but how sterile it can be. And so I resonate and acknowledge um, what you shared. And did you want to share anything more about that? I just feel so grateful for where this conversation is going. Um, how you identified that there appears to be a certain limited attention that we can pay each other to describe our experience. And perhaps that's shown up when we're talking about things like weddings and, and we get to also be leaders in demonstrating patience, interest and investment when it comes to hearing about people's experiences of their lives and of each other. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I just think of the golden rule, treat others the way that you wish to be treated. I mean, ultimately, all of us desire to be seen and heard and acknowledged. And so if we can do that for others, then hopefully they can do that for us. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So that is something that was really big for me this weekend was allowing myself to be seen and heard and acknowledged and for me to receive love fully. It's something that based on my childhood, I haven't up until this point, I should say, um, mastered and you know, there's deep parts of me that have resisted and subconscious blocks that I've created to receiving love in friendships with family and especially in romantic relationships. And so, um, you know, I think across the board, all of us as humans could tap in and say, you know what, I could improve my experience of receiving love and just check in with ourselves and see what's there. Yeah, I definitely agree. And hold space to support other people as they take time to digest and process things. Yeah. So vulnerability is something that showed up a lot throughout the experience of the wedding um, within ourselves, holding that space, mm. creating that space. I know so many men mm. said they were able to tap into deeper parts of themselves and to their emotions based off of the men's circle that you held on Friday night. So on Friday night, the night before we got married, I held a women's circle in which I honored myself and my ability to receive love. And I got adorned by women through crystals and flowers and words and touch. And it was so beautiful. And babe held a men's circle, which really set the stage for the men that were there. Would you talk about that? Um, gladly. I feel honored to think that I offered a bit of knowledge and deeper experience to, to some of these men that were in this space. We talked about kingship in our men's circle and what that meant to acknowledge people for their value. I did this for two reasons. One was because as men, we often, in my experience, in my past, we may or may not withhold emotional approval and investment in things. It's a sort of aloofness um, from each other. I've seen that perhaps that's a result of feeling like acknowledging other masculinity infringes upon my own masculinity. And yet I still find how healing it is when we acknowledge the other as, as 
authentic, real, valuable, and co-creating of the space. I also focused on kingship because in a marriage, I want and I am able to give directions to acknowledge the value of others and to take authority of my feelings and emotions. Um, so I spoke to the men about the, the value of a circle and of how I, as men and as humans, we all get to invest in our experience together, which means that if, if one man, and I'm saying man here in reference to my men's circle, but if one person feels withdrawn, then it is their duty to step forward and participate more. And if one person or man feels that they are leading or investing too much, it is their responsibility to pull back. And as co-creators of that space, we all get to hold each other accountable for that. So um, my men's circle consisted of men talking about what kingship looked like to them. Um, and I had some deep openings from a number of men who took the time to recognize some of the blocks they'd had in the past from expressing themselves emotionally and from opening up to other men. When we finished, I asked and invited all the men to approach me and look me in the eye and say, as one man speaking to another man, I give you my blessing to marry Serena. That was powerful. Most vulnerable moment throughout this weekend. Mm, well, shortly after, shortly after our wedding, we had photos taken. This will probably be your most vulnerable moment as well. Um, and it's actually not, but I do appreciate you uh, acknowledging me as a king. Acknowledge <laughs> you. Um, shortly after the ceremony, Serena's sister came up to her and, and decided to leave. Um, and that was very upsetting to Serena. And when things went down and Serena went off running and crying, I didn't know what was happening. And all I remember was someone, I believe it was her day of coordinator telling me, you have to go check in with her. So I walked into the battle suite and Serena was crying and I just grabbed her and held her and let her know that I loved her and that everything was okay. And that she, I was so proud of her for feeling her feelings. And I'm, I felt vulnerable because I, in that moment, had the opportunity to set my ego aside entirely and try and go underneath words and body language and just hold you in that space emotionally. Mm. Thank you so much. I would not have been able to survive the next few hours, the rest of the weekend, honestly, without having that moment to weep and to process emotion. So thank you for stepping forward and allowing yourself to be present with all parts of you and to be vulnerable with me in that moment. I really appreciate it a lot. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. I think you could have been, I think you could handle it. You're so strong. Thank you. But luckily I didn't have to. Yeah. So that's good. You don't good. have to ever find out that answer. 
Um, okay. So my, although one might think that that was the most vulnerable moment and it wasn't necessarily vulnerable because, um, I, I, I guess it didn't surprise me. I mean, it did, but there was a part of me, there's a part of me that is used to not, I'm trying to choose my words carefully, but, um, I don't, it's still kind of touchy because I'm still processing the whole experience of what happened. Um, but pain and abandonment and those types of emotions as it pertains to my family and cords of energy with my family is something that I'm more familiar with than most people, I suppose, comparatively. And so <clears throat> the most vulnerable moment for me and for those who were there and were a part of the experience, I know that this may be shocking even to hear. Um, but we did a gratitude circle on Sunday evening and in the gratitude circle, it was around the fire. It was really beautiful. Every single person went around and complimented and gave gratitude to every other single person that was sitting around the fire that was still there. There were nine of us left on Sunday night, nine of 30 <clears throat> and three people in their own words of the nine spoke to me about how my energy, my beauty, my person was intimidating to them upon first meeting me. And I have felt that my intimidation, quote unquote, has kept people from connecting with me in the past. And this weekend, I intentionally said I'm going to receive love. I'm opening myself up to these experiences wholeheartedly and to feel so ready to receive just love from others in a fucking gratitude circle. And then to be the only person that was semi-criticized in my own mind and in my own like victim story bullshit. Um, it was painful. I felt so raw and so vulnerable. And then the next morning we woke up and about half of those nine of us, we walked up the mountain and watched the sunrise. And then we came back down the mountain and we were in the kitchen. And I just said, you know what? Can I have everybody's attention and share something vulnerable with you guys? And I got to feel my emotions and talk about how challenging that was. And two of the three people that had expressed this were there in the kitchen with us. And at the same time, there was another person in the kitchen who, from day one of meeting me, 
has seen me completely and fully and has accepted me and loved me for exactly who I am, exactly as I am. Um, and so I got to express my pain and my love and my disappointment and my appreciation. And it was just, it was so raw and so vulnerable. My hands are kind of sweating right now, just talking about it. Um, because this has been one of my biggest challenges in my life is receiving love fully. And so, yeah, that moment was really challenging and it was definitely of all the vulnerable experiences we had and shared this weekend. That was, that was my most vulnerable for sure. Thank you for sharing that. I, I know. Do you mind that I speak about it? No, I'd love that. Um, I, I know that I actually also shared that when I first met you, your directness was your, your focus was radically different than anyone else I'd met up to that point. And I just, I, I want to, I know you know this now, but that I, I feel that everyone means there's so much background noise going on with the cats and the, sorry, continue. I'm, um, I'm here. Just that, just that I love you. People love you. Mm. And that all things can be put into stories, um, that may lead us to believe that we are less than loved, but that it's ultimately a story. Mm. Thank you, babe. I appreciate that. Um, so just to recap on vulnerability, it definitely showed up for us in many ways. Um, and it showed up for our guests as well. We had a man who cried in other men's arms this weekend and people just sharing parts of themselves that had not yet been seen. And we did a really good job of holding space for it all by, like you said, just being leaders in that by continuing to show up for ourselves and for each other. Yes. Um, that emotional intrepidness is, is contagious. And I know for myself, my vows were powerful because I was bold with how I felt. And I know I cried when I was reading my vows. And so, um, when, when we find people who are willing to take that intrepid journey towards emotional, sorry, availability, um, we should treasure them and we should treasure ourselves. We have, we have a, a catastrophe over here. <laughs> Our cat is like, let me show you love. Rub on the computer screen. Rub on it. <laughs> um, so how are we feeling? We're married. Let's check in. Where are you at? I feel, I feel amazing. Um, we often assign a ceiling to the amount of love we 
In the past, I may or may not have assigned a false ceiling to the amount of love and intimacy I could have. But something you said this past weekend really stuck with me, and you said something to the effect of, in marriage, we don't get to move away from each other. Mm. And perhaps we do for little bits of personal space time, but generally speaking, it's a movement towards someone. Mm. And that rawness creates more space to feel closer. Mm. And I feel more interested in you as a person. I find you funnier and more beautiful than I ever have before. Thanks, babe. Uh, To speak clearly and directly, what I was saying when I said that was I was talking to a friend about their very strong desire for a beloved, for a partner in this lifetime. And this person also has a tendency to check out mentally in conversations um, and to travel quite often, um, you know, just to paint a little bit of a picture. So there's this like leaving, uh, pattern. And so I was speaking to in a partnership, you don't get to just check out. You don't get to just leave. You embrace deeper levels of intimacy by staying, by embracing challenge, Mm -hmm. by communicating. And I feel so ready to embrace challenges with you and to embrace Mm -hmm. beautiful opportunities beautiful blessings with you. We, I feel so blessed and so honored and so challenged and so excited. And I just feel ready. And that is really speaking to my willingness, my willingness to show up for myself, to show up for you, to show up for this life. And that's what I am calling in for clients is the people who are ready for more, the couples who are ready for more out of their relationship, the couples who desire deeper satisfaction and sustainability in their partnership, because that willingness is if that's there, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then you're good. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just so willing and I'm so ready. And I feel, if I'm being honest, did you feel a little bit of relief, just um, tension relief from my energetic field that this buildup of this event has happened? And though so many things went wrong on the day of our wedding, um, that's so the entire weekend and the entire experience was perfect. It was mm-hmm. absolutely perfect. Um, a lot, a lot of things went wrong on the day mm-hmm. of. <laughs> it's actually surprising. Um, but the retreat experience and our union and, and the ceremony itself, everything was perfect. And so, yeah, 
I feel relief and I feel ready. For the next steps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. More on that later. What did this experience teach you about our relationship? Hmm. Well, I know you spoke about some of the things people said. Um, and one of the things that I said in the intro that I wrote for Michael to read was that I wanted our love to serve as a template. Mm, oof, yeah. And that oof. was repeated multiple times. Oof. So to, to indulge myself and our love a little, a touch to embrace that is to say that I want to, I want people to see our love and to say that's what love in 2021 gets to look like. That's what a partnership in 2021 can, can do for a couple and for the world around it. Yes. That is so beautiful, babe. I, I could not have thought of a better answer for that question. If I'm being honest, um, I will take a moment to check in with myself and see if there's anything else that I want to add to this question. But yeah, that's straight fire right there. I mean, (laughs) so many people in group shares and individually came up to each of us together and separately, like countless times, honestly, and specifically said the word template, your love, your wedding. This experience has been a template for me, for my journey. Mm -hmm. And that is so powerful to receive. Um, And I feel so honored. So thank you to everyone that has said that. And I trust that us being here and continuing to share our journey and our experience can hopefully share our template with even more people. Mm -hmm. Um, What did this experience teach me about our relationship? To be honest, I don't know if this experience necessarily taught me anything that I didn't already know about a relationship. It was just a lot of affirmation of our ability to co-create, to navigate things together, to support each other, to love each other. And I would say it taught me that moving forward as a couple and for the goals that we have for our life together, that we are so fucking able to achieve the goals that we have. We are so able to hold powerful spaces for others to grow, to expand and it taught me a lot about our abilities in in the realm of human design. We're both generators. And so, you know, we've been playing with manifestation and magic and um, just tapping into some really juicy energy and creating this experience and holding this experience and receiving this experience. And we 
we can do it. And so I feel empowered. I feel affirmed and I feel empowered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. What are your highlights or the most impactful moments from the retreat slash wedding? What comes up? Um, the, the most powerful moments, um, every moment felt like it felt unified in a way that perhaps other experiences don't feel unified. It felt like a a, a literally bubbled off quarantine pocket of time and space that was indivisible from the whole without electronics, without distractions for people to hang out, connect, and celebrate love around them. Mm -hmm. um, in a moment's notice right now, one of the highlights was the goat walk at the end of the uh, ceremony. For some reason, that stands out to me. A bunch of us walking along and finding a pack of goats and feeding them cookies. Beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Uh, let's see. I have so many highlights. Um, this, without overthinking it too much, some that pop up would be receiving love from my sisters. And by sisters, I mean not necessarily sisters who are my actual sisters, um, but my sisters of this earth, you know, really... <sighs> feeling it, actually feeling it and being one with it. And I also really felt a lot of love and received a lot of love from the masculine as well from my brothers. And so um, getting to meet. So there was uh, one of my brothers. Zach Gallardo, definitely look him up. He is a fellow coach and amazing human. He's been on this show before. The episode is Divine Masculinity in season one, I believe. And I got to meet him for the first time. We have just spent so much screen time with each other. And so it was, it was, I don't really have words for it. He was perfect and meeting him was perfect. And the impact that everyone held together as a community, as brothers and sisters, as holding each other as a unit, as this pocket in time and space, it was just so impactful as a whole. It's hard for me to really pinpoint specific moments right now that impacted me and defined the experience because there's so many, but it was most impactful and most defined by the unit that we were as one collectively. Mm -hmm and how each and every single person showed up. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what was the darkest moment of the weekend for you? Mm, you know, this sounds this sounds really petty, I guess, but don't judge it. <laughs> don't judge it. Um, each night when we went to bed, I think we did so reluctantly or at the behest of one of us. And I think that we were both having so much fun in connections that we weren't always ready to go to bed at the same time. Um, I know Friday we wanted to get an early rise and we talked about some of the emotional processing we did and then Saturday was the wedding and you were wiped out and Sunday I was wiped out. But each night when I went to bed, I felt like I would love to have two more hours of energy and more time to spend with people and you. Mm. Thank you. Yes. That's not so dark. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? I mean, you know. Yeah. Really beautiful weekend. Yeah. Um, I'd say the darkest moment for me was Friday night. Um, so this experience really showed me who in my life, who in my sphere and my network is stepping towards me mm -hmm. as a human and as like exactly as I am and who is stepping back and to be the observer of that and to be in it and experiencing it as the center of my own reality is so nourishing and simultaneously so painful. And so Friday night when we were celebrating and after the women's circle and the men's circle, you know, there, I experienced one of my friends to be stepping back and it was painful. It was very, very painful for me. And when we went into the bridal suite, I literally cried for an hour in part because of how I was processing this experience with my friend and also in part to, um, you know, just emotional energy that was moving through my body because I was about to fucking get married, you know, and just feeling it all and releasing and, I stayed up a little late crying and I just really let it all out and I felt so depleted when I woke up on Saturday. I'm like, holy shit, how the <laughs> fuck am I going to do this? How am I going to survive? Um, one of my friends who's there is a walking the path of shamanism and was able to take me outside and perform a ceremony and connect me to the earth and really ground me into my emotions and release some energy surrounding my heart. But from Friday night through that moment outside with my shamanic sister, I was in a dark place and just felt so depleted and so out of it. And, you know, 
I think a lot of people can resist growth and spirituality and personal development because it can look like crying on the floor for an hour and totally depleting yourself. It doesn't have to. There's so many other ways that it can look, um, but that is a very real part of this journey and of walking this path. And we can't do it alone. And we're not supposed to. We are humans. We are a tribe. And so I was able to lean in to my support system, to my family, and it was it was really beautiful. It was really poignant <laughs> about being an observer and watching some people move towards you and some people move away and also being a participant in that. Thank you. Thank you, babe. Mm -hmm. So as we have been processing all of the emotions that this experience can bring, what are some tools for emotional processing that have been really helpful for you? Um, when I have excessive angry energy... Um, Who are you angry at? There's people. <laughs> um, Serene and I, we take um, glass bottles by the train tracks near my house and break the glass bottles. And it's helpful to take that energy that otherwise would stay trapped inside our body and just release it in one swift expression of anger. And it doesn't have to be directed, it doesn't have to be purposeful, just for the pure sake of releasing the energy so that it doesn't stay stuck in the body. To piggyback off of that and to also answer the question, going into ceremony and directing energy very specifically, diving deep into this person, this thing, this emotion, and directing it out of me has been such a powerful tool for processing, whether it is going off on a vendor, <laughs> which only happened twice <laughs> throughout the entire experience. Um, and I use going off very loosely because I am able to communicate well. So it's my own perceived, uh, perception of going off. Um, I shouldn't even phrase it that way because it sounds bad, but ultimately showing up authentically and vulnerably and powerfully and being heard and acknowledged and what I'm feeling and experiencing and giving feedback in a way that is received and dialogue is had. So whether it is that experience with vendors or going to the train tracks and saying like you and throwing the bottle or, um, you know, journaling very specifically and directly about one person or one thing, just going as deep as I can go into a specific, into a specific cord of energy has been so powerful. And it's not something that in day to day life people 
really do. They're like, oh, I feel this way. I'll deal with it later. Or, you know, and that's how resentment builds. That's how tension builds. Mm-hmm. That's how mm-hmm. dis-ease, disease builds in the body. Mm-hmm. So the deeper you can go and actually fucking feel shit and be with shit and release shit. Whoo-wee. You know, it's kind of like we can leave the trash stinking in the kitchen for as long as we want, but at some point somebody's got to be able to take the trash out yeah. and get collected. The emotional trash, really. Yeah. You know, and the sooner we do it, the less it stinks. That's true. And bacteria grows and things mm-hmm. can spread. And it's, you know, if there's tension relating to one person, mm-hmm. it's all energy. And so energy moves and it's going to come out one way in one form whether or not it's misdirected or not. And so, yeah, it's time to take out the emotional trash, guys. What you got, what you got going on in there? It doesn't have to be through some huge catalytic experience like a wedding. Uh, it doesn't have to be that to bring it up. Like, we all have it. Yeah. We all have it. We just are so lucky to have been so present throughout this mm-hmm. journey and so present now to be here and sharing it with you. Um, but you can do this anytime mm-hmm. in, in relation to anything. Yeah. But most especially during something big like this, because, mm-hmm. whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it starts with just a simple comment. Hey, do you have a second to talk about something that's a little heavy? Mm-hmm. You know, just a little question like that. Mm-hmm. Or do you have space? Mm-hmm. For me to express fully. Mm. Yeah. How has it been stepping back into traditional life? Mm. Well, well, I believe in a love that transforms me. And so I believe that whatever we could conceptualize as traditional, um, what we actually may mean is familiar. Mm. And because I believe in a love that transforms me, I believe that a love that moves me from the familiar into new terrain. Um, so I would say that I don't step back into traditional life. I create a new traditional, a new tradition, a new communion with you. Um, there have been challenges interacting with other people, other people in the matrix, uh, in the matrix, in the matrix. Sure. Yes, absolutely. In the matrix, people, people who are stuck in transaction, transactional relationships don't necessarily have the time or attention to go into an experience to appreciate or to talk about an experience like this. So that's been challenging, but I'm thankful that I've been able to transform my sense of normal with you so that I have you to communicate with. Mm. Thank you, babe. Mm -hmm. For those who don't know, how would you define a transactional relationship? Oh, thank you for asking that. Um, Basically, I feel that an authentic relationship is one in which we give to each other because we share ourselves with each other because we want to see and be seen. A transactional relationship is a relationship in which one person is trying to get something from someone else and they're trying to 
imagine in their minds how much energy or attention or money it will take to get the thing that they want. This could be as simple as going to Starbucks and ordering a coffee and a simple transaction like that. It could also be something more more pronounced like more manipulative almost like that's what comes up for me really it's like yeah you know um like a common thing could be a man not saying you do this um because i don't (laughs) you don't even know what i'm gonna say yet i do um Hmm. for example a man like cleaning the house and expecting to have you know what um, when a woman gets home, for example, like that would be a transactional relationship. It's not a man doing the thing to simply do the thing. And it's just a like everyday example wow. that popped up into my head. Yeah, I felt it. like one that was loaded with Miss Andrew. It's not. Okay. It's not. I just I, wanted no, to. No, you might not be. Yeah, no, you. I just wanted to um, provide an example mm-hmm. that is relatable to people. Thank you. And I was going to offer the example of when people go to a holiday party with their family, but they don't actually want to go. And they go with resentment in their hearts because Mm -hmm. they feel obligated to go. Mm, Yeah, that's transactional. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so how has it been stepping back into traditional life for me? Um, I haven't yet. Yeah, like today is Saturday. It's exactly one week. Happy one week anniversary, Thanks, babe. Happy one week. Yeah, officially we would be married at this time. Really? Yeah, it's four four fifteen on Saturday. So we. Oh yeah, be, it's been a whole week. Yeah, for sure. Week. Actually, it's yeah. exactly. Happy really. anniversary. Happy anniversary. So we had a guest stay with us in our home through Thursday afternoon, and um. Babe has been back at work and I had a full day of work yesterday and I had class on Thursday night and today is our first day to relax um, and here we are <laughs> filming this podcast episode and we have been able to relax and I've had such a wonderful day and I know I will continue to have such a wonderful day with you um, but if I'm being honest I haven't really stepped back into quote unquote traditional life for all intensive purposes that this question was meant to be directed. Um, if I were to speculate, this question came from one of our guests and I know that for a lot of people that were there, a lot of people have had this experience, but a lot of people who were there have not yet had the experience of going to a retreat, going to an actual retreat experience and feeling that, experience that you described that pocket that Mm -hmm. safe haven Mm -hmm. and then coming you know being picked up and planted back in Mm -hmm. normal day-to-day life it's not something that you necessarily talk about there's this whole journey that happens when you arrive back home Mm -hmm. there's a lot of emotional processing um and so that can be challenging and fortunately for me, and I know you have as well been to multiple experiences to prepare you for what it was that we mm-hmm. held this past weekend. Um, I know what that feels like. And so I have 
tools to process. And if I didn't have these tools to process, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I would be doing right now. I definitely would not be doing this. <laughs> I would not be here recording this episode right now. Um, so yeah, one of the biggest emotional processing tools that has been so helpful is boundaries and saying no. Like saying no to plans with other people, saying no to phone calls and just giving myself what I need, which is the time and space to feel my feelings, the time and space to journal, to throw bottles, to do whatever else needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, taking baths, nourishing myself, really filling my cup in whatever ways that that looks like for me. Um so I wanted to kind of circle through some answers for that question because I know what was intended by asking it. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, you know, I'm not back into my traditional life yet. Mm-hmm. So I don't can't really answer it properly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we do this? Why did we hold a retreat wedding experience. What was our why? What were the intentions? Yeah. Um, I thought about this. I mean, I haven't seen the questions yet, but I thought about this yesterday. I realized that part of a large part of the motivation to do this was actually really selfish in the best way. It was, I wanted to create a, a ceremony and a ritual for anyone who had the inner strength to bear witness, um, to, to memorialize my love, mm-hmm. to, to turn it into an actual experience. Um, and so everything we did in my mind was tailor made almost with a, a plot line mm-hmm. to give ourselves first and foremost, and then the people around us and experience into what love was. Mm. I mean, so quite simply, correct me if I'm wrong, but what you're saying is because you wanted it. Yeah, for sure. Quite simply, we created this retreat mm-hmm. wedding experience because we can. <laughs> <laughs> because cause we enjoy doing it. Because we wanted that. We wanted that. Mm-hmm ceremonious, mm-hmm. memorialized, impactful, mm-hmm. powerful experience. Mm-hmm. And and we did it. For sure. Yeah. And, and we, we took what we might say was the traditional experience and we used that to build upon to make it ours. Mm-hmm. To add. Yeah. So there were some traditional elements that we stuck with to honor um, the experience of the union. Mm-hmm. So like I had a white dress to mm-hmm. honor the symbolism of purity and innocence and giving myself to my husband and <clears throat> just to give an example. So there were traditional elements and aspects that we honored. Um, but we also created our own ceremony merging of our souls that happened on Sunday mm-hmm. on Easter. And so, um, 
you know, and Friday night with the men's circle and the women's circle, it was just a very intentional co-created journey to capitalize our love, Mm. our template for love, our template for community. And I know that our intentions going into this entire experience were the purest and most authentic that they could be. For example, every single person we invited, we wanted there. Mm -hmm. We together asked ourselves, what are we creating? What community, what relationships do we wish to deepen? How do we call in the support system that a husband and a wife need? Mm -hmm. And so we were very intentional with absolutely every detail that went into this experience, like every detail, guys. Oh, a a perfectly scheduled weekend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could really even go into necessarily how we did it, but I will say that I have worked many retreats and festivals and events. And so I have this background of what it actually takes in a third dimensional world to create something like what details are important, what is needed realistically for this to happen. So I have that background knowledge and wisdom. And then we got to co-create every little influential piece that was a part of it. And this showed up, we planned our wedding for, gosh, was it like six months? Six uh, yeah. About that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was about six months of ceremonies of, We learned a lot about each other and communication. You know, my dad said to me, you will learn a lot through planning a wedding. You will learn Mm -hmm. if you can make it or not, quote unquote, as a couple through planning (laughs) a wedding. And your dad would know because he's had a few. Yeah. yeah. Um, So, you know, it wasn't just this easy peasy thing it was blood sweat Mm -hmm. tears and also rainbows sunshine and joy so it was this very balanced polarity and intentionality that went into creating it and so we put the energy and the time into the magic into this experience and that's why it was so impactful because we desired it to be and we did the work thank you yes and I would also add that you and I have done a fair bit of psycho-spiritual work and we've created a, a map for the two of us to unlock different pieces of the spirit um, in a in a meaningful order 
And so I would say that everything we did was entrenched in ceremony, ritual, and mythology. Mm-hmm. Could you give an example? Um, well, for example, we knew that when we the first night there, we were going to be spending up to three nights with the, the guests. And so we knew that connecting some of these different people in our lives who had never met before would be really important. Mm-hmm. And so the men's circle and the women's circle and the welcome games all really served as a binding for the people to get comfortable and to express and hear each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So we put together a welcome game for all of our guests. So the people that stayed in the house had a welcome bag on their beds and in it was a clue for them to get to know another person in the house. For example, one of the clues was another person here has worked for Uber or another person here is dating a male vegan. Um, there were so many. There were 25 people total in the house. And so there was a clue connecting each person to each person. Um, and there were prizes for the welcome game, which was really fun. So I acknowledge that example and see exactly what you're talking about. We didn't want it to be about just us, mm-hmm. even though we also did. <laughs> um, but we knew what we were doing and did it. Yeah, thank you. And to go along with that, um, we didn't want that this to be about us, but we did want it to be about love. And in some ways, we see that our relationship and our love is a, a is fractal of a more cosmic energy that exists when two become one. Mm-hmm. You know, another really powerful and common um feedback that we've gotten from this experience from our guests is that they learned a lot about not just romantic love Mm -hmm. but platonic love so there were a lot of men and women and men on men and women on women just touching each other loving each other and we've been so starved from that this past year and it's just such a dire part of mm-hmm. being human uh, we need physical touch so um yeah i second that mm-hmm. <laughs> love is love mm-hmm. gratitude is gratitude sure. money is money those mm-hmm. were our mantras mm-hmm. for everything so we kept everything pocketed off mm-hmm. love is love gratitude is gratitude money is money so mm-hmm. there it is. Um, so the last question is what's next? Because this is so common in relationships. And you actually talked about this on the last episode, mm-hmm. you in your previous marriage, because you've been married before, <laughs> um, and divorced um, <laughs> is that a lot of people do not have in our society a positive um what are the words that I'm looking for um model? Well, you're looking yeah you're looking for a way to yeah a model um they um, don't know what to do after they get married yeah and also leading up to marriage which is what we talked about mm-hmm. in the last episode um so 
a lot of people don't have that strong model of what love could look like, what marriage could look like. You know, we all know the American dream where you get married after college and buy a house and have a baby and a dog and X, Y, and Z. But there's so much more to life than just that model. Um, so although that's a perfectly fine model absolutely. If, if for everybody who wants it absolutely absolutely there was a time in my life where that's what I wanted mm-hmm. so I honor it I respect it I'm not judging it and I'm also opening up space for other mm-hmm. models and experiences of love and uh, the dream life what mm-hmm. the dream life could look like and be like mm-hmm. um, to exist and so uh, what's next for us is we get to find we get to create our our new home. We've been so blessed to live with my brother um, and co-create a more communal household. And I feel as though we've been cocooning for long enough and this energy is inside of us ready to expand and one of the things to do that is by cultivating an intentional space one of the reasons the retreat was so powerful is because it had a space exclusively for the experience and so creating an intentional household is the next step Mm -hmm. for me yeah definitely There's so much that comes up for me with what's next because I don't want to be pigeonholed into this thing or that thing or whatever the fuck, you know, because there's so much more that is available to us. And my why for having this podcast, for sharing my journey, for sharing my traumas, my joys, whatever, all of it is to show other people what is possible, to show others what is possible in this life. And so you don't have to have the answers. You don't have to have it figured out. Goals, yes. Yes, 100%. Um, and you can go as deep with that as you want to. What's next? What isn't next is what I would say. Uh, we have... So many goals with money, with our home, with our community, with business, with each other, um, with this earth. Um, so I, what's next? So much, everything, all of it. And I'm so excited to be here and to share it all with you. Thank you for being here. It is an honor to share with each and every one of you authentically. Tune in and visit the website authenticallymeradio.com. You are exactly where you are supposed to be, doing exactly what you are supposed to be doing. And you are loved.